with our bonus series, the BPD Bunch Brunch, where we get together with our favorite brunchy beverages, catch up, play games, and talk about all things BPD. I'm Zanny, and today I am here with Sophie, Mo, and Jay. How's everybody doing? Great! Whoa, wonderful. Yeah, couldn't be better. What's your brunchy beverage for today? I have Mr. and Mrs. T's Bloody Mary (laughs) Mixer sans alcohol, so it's just the juice. (laughs) I just have coffee today. Just coffee. And I have, uh, like, cordial, like a dilute, mixed with tonic water and Sprite. Literally chucked whatever I could together. (laughs) Is it good? You're making a face like it, it might not be good. Is it okay? Um, it's all right. It's like a canoe. It's very near water. Exactly. I like that. I will go with that. Mo, what do you have? <laughs> I have green tea because my throat has been really sore these past few days. Um, She's a trooper. Woo, love that. You gotta stop eating glass. I can't help it. But I mean, honestly, it last night like it felt like I swallowed knives, so... Yeah. Get well soon. Thank you. So in our main episode, we talked about sort of the symptom of unstable relationships. For our brunch episode, this week we're going to do a special topic. So what's special about all of the, except for me, me, what's special about all the panelists here today is that they are parents. Today we're going to talk about what it's like to manage your relationships when you have kids in the mix, whether that's like managing your relationship with your kids or managing your relationships with other people around your kids. And so unlike the, all the other episodes, I'm not going to have that much to say because I'm not a mother yet hoping to be, but, uh, so let's get this on there. So just sort of generally, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your family, your, as much as you're, you're comfortable saying? So a little bit about my family is I've been married for almost 10 years now, and we have three boys together. Um, We have an 11-year-old who will be 12 next week, and he has autism. So that kind of like brings a unique set of challenges. And then we have a nine-year-old and we have an eight-month-old. So one of the challenges of being a parent with BPD is keeping calm when they are not is something I have to work on a lot because it's hard for me to let certain stuff go, but you do what you have to. Cause if you're not calm, they are definitely not going to be calm. You can tell the parents here because we're wearing tired so fabulously. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have three boys. Uh, the youngest is 12, 12. The middle one is 17 and the oldest is 25. Kids are, they're really bright and they're really funny and they're really clever. And that sounds great on paper, but it can get overwhelming really quick. Um, and for a long time, not a, I was not a good father. Um, I was a good father in, in, in bursts. But since I've been in recovery, I sat him down and I told him, look, I need your help. If you do something and I start flying off the handle, please remind me, I don't want to be like that with you. If we can all just remember, and I'm like, it's not fair to put this on you, but it is what it is. If you can help me not be a bastard, I would really appreciate it. (laughs) And they understood, they took to it really well. Um, 
<laughs> they say, are you really mad or is this the BPD thing? And I go, then I have to stop and think about it. So, but that's, uh, that's the main thing, I guess, is, is communicating with them and having them, making them part of the process. What about you, Sophie? Tell us a little bit about how you deal with keeping things stable with your, your daughter. Um, so I became a mum at 18 years old. I'm now 30. Um, so it's been quite a turbulent journey, I would say. Last year, I think it was, I had a bit of a breakdown and a difficulty with my BPD. And I sat her down and we watched a YouTube video on like the symptoms and things. And when it was done, I said, any questions? And her eyes sort of widened and her mouth went like this. And I said, so what do you understand from this? She said, is this what you go through? I said, yeah, more or less every day in, in various ways and at various times, yes. <laughs> um, she didn't really ask many questions then, but I guess my turbulence started to play out more in our relationship or like in what when she's around because I guess there's not so much you can hide when you're feeling emotional and things um I don't I've never shouted like when she was a child like when I was frustrated sometimes I would shout but then I realized that's not really you know the road I'm trying to take because growing up uh you know I lived in a quite an authoritarian household and there was a lot of shouting and stuff so I decided from very early on that I wasn't going to be like that with my daughter. So I really try to calm down when she's around and I'm open with her. I'll say I'm not feeling great at the moment. But I learned that skill in therapy, actually, because uh, I used to think my mum used to walk around with like a face full of thunder and I'd be like, are you all right? And she's like, yeah. And you know, doing her thing, looking all... <laughs> so that wasn't great, because it, it it taught me to be confused about people's emotions and how they show up on the face. Um, but yeah, as she started to get older, I thought, you know what, I need to explain what's going on with me. And I'd say to my therapist often, how do I tell my child that I'm going through something? It will seem like I'm losing my shit. And she was like, well she sees your face, wouldn't that tell her, like, and your intonation as well, like, those sorts of things will give her clues, so why don't you just come right out and say say it? And I said, how how would I say that to her? She's just say, and she said, just say you need some time, or whatever it is for you, and I, like, I tried it, and it worked. Um, so we've adopted that now. Um, I'll sort of say, you know what, Nala, I'm just not feeling great at the moment. So if you can just give mommy a few minutes and you always feel guilty when you do that because, you know, you're taught that parents should be there and on cue for their kids and be like a robot or something. But I'm not, I'm not a robot. I have a lot of feelings. I have big feelings. Um, so why not just kind of tell her that that's what's happening, go away, sort it out and come back, you know? So yeah, we have a bit of a timeout and recently she started uh, secondary school. I don't know what you guys call that. Is that high school? Grade seven, year seven? Middle school. Middle school. So she started that and um, 
she got some LED lights for her birthday and I spoke to her about like a traffic light system. So like for us to communicate our feelings or for her to start being able to communicate her feelings. So she will turn on the LED lights and whatever colour she chooses, um, just for the sake of this um, talk, I'll say red, amber, green. So if she is red, it's get the hell out of my room. I don't want to talk. Don't come near me. Um, Amber's like... I need a bit of time to work it out. Green, come in. Mm. You know, it's fine. And for me, it's not much of a traffic light system because I understand more of my emotions now. It's more just saying to her, look, I need a bit of time. Sophie, I just want to say that traffic light thing is a great idea. I'm probably going to use that for my kids as well because it's a polite way for your kids to tell you that they need a break. And it's a way for them to learn to manage their own emotions and to realize that we all have our our emotions, you know, we all get mad or sad or upset and it's okay and it's okay to need a break. So I really love that idea a lot. It's great. Yeah, and ultimately you're trying to teach your child to be a human being, right? And not to hide from their feelings. So... Um, she came up with her own system for me. She said, okay, well, when you're feeling better, just come in my room and go, Nala! <laughs> so that's what I do. I'll go in her room and I'll be like, Nala! <laughs> um, yeah, we, we talk a lot about things. Um, I was a really sensitive child and I still am very sensitive. So I try to kind of think about how I can, you know, set, examples great examples and also to just not be the way that destroyed me as a child um yeah so when I when I like I'm upset about something obviously I will look annoyed and I always say to her like when she you know has lied in the past I will always encourage her to tell me the truth and I always say look you get in more trouble if you don't tell me the truth and, um, yeah, like, even if it's, like, my favourite mug that you broke, fine, it's broken, I'm going to be pissed off, but I'm allowed to have that process, let me have my process. I always say to her, let me have my process. Just the same way, if you're annoyed about something, it's okay for you to be annoyed. And even opinions, I say, okay, well, that's your opinion, I appreciate that, this is my opinion, and we shouldn't try to change each other's opinions. So yeah, she knows that I'm her mum and she knows that she's a child, but ultimately she has her own choices. Um, and she understands that for certain choices, there's consequences. And I tell her, do you want this or not? You know? So that's the gist of me parenting. <laughs> the stoplight thing is a great idea. Um, to Sophie's point, a lot of people forget that children are humans they forget their people that you can talk to them just like you talk to a person you don't have mm. to talk there's one thing that kids hate more than anything at any age is being talked down to kids know when that's happening and they hate it um i never talked down to any of my kids and and if we would go to a restaurant or something and the waiter would come out and be like well what would you like to have buddy and i'm like he's 12 <laughs> And the way, oh, right, what's up, man? I let them be kids, but I would never, I never talked down to them. I never had different expectations on them than I would of um, a tiny drunk adult. 
wandering around my house breaking stuff. <sighs> so I was going to say another another adult person, but that's not what kids are. Kids are, especially toddlers, are little drunk adults that, yeah, break stuff. They're fun, though. We've already talked about, like, how you manage your relationships, like, with your kids. And, you know, one of the things that I think makes people nervous about having kids or having families is this idea of, like, our relationships with other people. I know that's one of the things that I'm always nervous about. I'm like, well, what what level do I need, do me and my husband need to be, like, with each other before, like, it's okay for us to bring a kid around that? And so, like, how do you manage your relationships with other people so that they don't negatively affect your children? I feel awful about having brought three, two relationships into my daughter's life. Because I guess the way that my BPD manifests itself in relationships is, you know, idealization. Like, I love this person and they're going to be around forever and put them on a pedestal and then bring them around my child and then it doesn't work out and then they go and they kind of try to maintain a relationship with her and it doesn't work out and that's been really damaging one of my exes was around for about three years and when they disappeared out of the picture they tried to have a relationship with my daughter still but after a while their own life and their own relationship sort of got in the way of that so that broke down and my daughter and I didn't speak about that relationship for at least six months of it being over. She was about five at the time. And when I did speak to her about it, she completely fell apart. I didn't realise that she was holding on to all these emotions and saying that, like, she missed my ex. Um, so that was hard. And then I got into another relationship, um, same sort of cycle, but a shorter cycle. Um and her dad had to get involved and say to me, you know, Sophie, it's not okay to be bringing these people around our child, you know, like she'll get attached and then who knows when you're going to break up with them again. And that's been really hard. And also I think friendships as well, because they broke break down sometimes. Um, like she'll see that this person's suddenly around all the time, like for three or four years, and then they'll suddenly start to disappear or fade out. And she'll say, oh, where's so-and-so? And I'm like, you know, when you get along with so-and-so from your class, but then sometimes you don't, like that happens for adults as well. So, yeah, but it's, it's been hard. It's definitely a hard part to navigate. Like, is there a way that you manage that differently now? I just try not to get so close to people so soon because uh, I realise that there's that cycle between idealisation and devaluation. So I try to be very mindful about that with my daughter. Uh, we recently met someone... Um, from like on Instagram like I met someone on Instagram and I started speaking to them and then she came down to London um with her kids and we all met up together um including my daughter and that was really nice and my daughter got excited straight away and was like oh my gosh I can tell you two are going to be really good friends I said oh really do you think so like that's sort of how I tried to manage it by asking her questions and saying yeah we'll see how it goes yeah there's there's not really a magic I don't know, like a handbook about this. 
sort of try to feel it out as best you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Big time. And not get so overexcited and say, oh, they're coming over brunch. Oh, they're coming this time and speak about them constantly and all that, all that beautiful stuff that happens in new relationships. So um, when I got pregnant with my oldest child, um, I was like in the very beginning stages of my recovery. So I didn't manage my emotions um, very well. But once I was pregnant, um, that kind of motivated me to learn how to deal with my emotions in a healthier way, because I just wanted to protect my baby. And I wanted to be a great mom, the best mom that I possibly could be. So that is kind of like what kickstarted me into wanting to be a better person for my baby. So that's kind of the beginning of being more functional. I just had my third baby and I'm like further along in my recovery. And so I know how to manage my emotions. So that's not as much of a struggle for me. So one of the advantages of being further along is I have boundaries. I have boundaries with other people. And so I don't put up with nonsense. Um, You know, I mean, I'm a reasonable person and I can talk to people when there's some type of conflict. But at the same time, if someone continues to hurt me and shows no remorse, I'm emotionally strong enough to cut that person out of my life. And I think that's that's a good modeling behavior for my kids. And having kids just makes you want to protect them and keep them safe. So that's kind of what my journey has looked like as a parent with BPD. What are some of the deciding factors for you in terms of managing your relationships with others? Like, what do you do to know, like, uh, I need to draw a line with this person because this could affect my kids or, you know, something like that. Well, are there some sort of tangible things that you, you could say about that? So whenever I meet someone like as a friend or something, I ask myself, is this someone I would want to be around as a kid? And I also question, would they be safe around my kids? And I kind of just go from there. I just try to make sure that it's someone who I think I'll want to be in my life for a long time and vice versa. But I do have boundaries. And Mm -hmm. if it ever comes to a point where I have to cut them out because of something they did, then so be it. I just hope that if that ever happens, my kids know that I'm doing it to keep them safe. I will explain it to them in an age appropriate way. Why, you know, maybe someone has had to be cut out of my life. That's perfectly valid to to do to consider that too. Most people are like, "Oh, it, oh, it, that's your family," and I'm like, you know, it's not something that should be done on a whim, surely, because it, it does touch every aspect of your life. But if you have thought about it and that's you really think that's the best solution for you, do not be afraid to do that. I think it's best to talk to a therapist about it, and mm. if you can't, I think it's best to talk to a third party who can just hopefully give you a level-headed perspective because sometimes we do get in our own heads. And if you're unable to totally cut someone out, you can also do like a low contact, do whatever you need to do to keep yourself and your kids safe. Sophie? Yeah, like Mo and uh, like Jay, I, I agree with what you were saying about if you need to cut contact, completely do that. So... Mo, do what you have to do. Um, I've recently cut contact with my dad, actually. He was just not around. Um, he was, he came back into my mum and our lives when Nala was about one, two years old. And he was around all the time. 
living with us and then um he you know the relationship broke broke down and he left and since then he hasn't really been involved in my daughter's life and recently he really aggravated me he made a comment and i really tried to use again i'm going to keep talking about these wonderful tools that i learned in therapy <laughs> um ask questions first yeah so he said that he, he made a comment recently and it really invalidated me. In fact, I'll share. So um, I had like African headgear and headdress and whatnot on. And he messaged me and said, now you look African. And I said to him, like that comment in itself irritated me because of the abuse that I went through um, when I took it, like when I went to live um, in my parents' um, home country. And... Uh, I said to him, okay, what did I look like before? And he said, westernized. And I said, oh, keep asking questions. So I said, what do you mean by that? And it better be a good one. And he said, I brought you to Africa to try to make you African, but the African didn't materialize and I oh. lost shit. Basically, I told him about himself and I cut contact completely. And I let my daughter know that I cut contact with him because he's not around anyway. And she's known that he's not around by his pure absence. So I just said to her, look, yeah, I don't really need him in my life. And he really upset me recently. So, yeah, I don't think that person will be in our lives anymore. He lives back in, like, back home anyway in Gambia. So that was all right. What are some of the, like, last things that you can think of that you would want to say about, you know, managing unstable relationships and kids and BPD? And do you have any, like tips that you would give people who are like struggling to maintain all of their relationships as, as a parent. Remember your training. That's, I mean, what you learn in therapy, you can apply in real life. You can apply it to your kids. Remember your kids are, you and your kids are in this together. And that's, you know, uh, if you're in a relationship with someone that came after the kid, they're not as important as the kid. Sorry, kid's the most important. Think things through, keep asking questions. Yeah, you'll get through it fine. Don't stress about it, but be mindful of it. Matt? I think um, the takeaway that I hope people remember is to be mindful of who you bring into your life um, and who you allow to be around your kids. Do your best to make sure that the person is mentally well and has you and your kids best interest at heart. But having said that, don't beat yourself up if things don't work out and that person does end up leaving for whatever reason. Um, and then also as far as being a parent with BPD, I think it's best to, to let them ask questions, you know, and you, tell them in an age appropriate way what the truth is. And like Sophie said, maybe show them a video of what it's like to have BPD. Allow them to express themselves and their feelings without judgment. Um, I think if you can do that, then things will be okay, no matter what. Always try to remember that it is indeed a collaborative experience. <laughs> Um, your child or children are as important as you in this whole journey of recovery and managing your BPD and to keep speaking to your kids and 
to learn when not to speak, especially <laughs> when you are upset. Shush, don't say anything. Um, because sometimes, you know, your your emotions are doing a lot and you just want to yell or cuss or just, you might say the wrong thing that might invalidate them for life. Uh, you know, that's the most important thing, that some things that we might think of it like as just a minute second might be something that is scarring and they will remember it for life so if you're upset shush just <laughs> wait until you know you're at baseline again and then communicate that's so important i can't stress that and that's the 101 still want to have kids Annie? yeah i still want to have kids yay <laughs> i feel like this is this is great the great stuff and i i'm looking forward to the process i mean I'm uh, definitely intimidated, but uh, I'm trying not to stress too much about what I don't know yet. Nobody knows anything. And I stress about like, well, what if my kids are like me? And it's like, well, so what if they're like me? Like, I'll deal with it when it happens. Then or you like, have a lot of experience dealing with you, right? And if they're not like me, it's like, then I'll figure it out. Like the one great thing about like learning all these mindfulness skills is I think you gain an awareness that like there's a lot of stuff you don't know and you can that, that that there's information out there that you can find if you don't know the answers it's like you don't have to sit in the corner and just wait for things to come to you i don't know and you know what your kids more than anybody else on this planet will show you exactly who you are <sighs> they will hold a mirror to your That's shit true. like yeah, they will call That's you true. out and they will test you in ways. And like, if they're like you as well, oh, get ready for the train ride. <laughs> but yeah, they will test you more than anything. Your kids function to show you who you are and to show you your mortality. Yep. Yeah, and to show you the your shadow self as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I'm anxiously looking forward to that, I guess. I don't know how else to do I toast to that. Raise your glasses, yes, guys. Yes, definitely. Cheers. Danny. BPD brunch brunch. Woo! <laughs> Well, thank you everybody so much for watching. Make sure to hit that like button and subscribe if you want to see more. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so that you can find out when we post more episodes. Next week, we will be back with another brunch episode on unstable identity. So stay tuned. We'll see you then. Bye. 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 Bye.